Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're looking forward to Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Last week, it was timely that Pastor Jim preached through the end of Mark chapter 15, where we encountered the crucifixion. So we're transitioning this week with perfect timing into Mark chapter 16 and the discovery of the empty tomb. Here's today's slice of the message entitled, Trembling and Astonishment. And oh, how hard were the hearts of those chief priests and elders. They had heard Jesus speak countless times. They had watched his miracles for over three years. And still, even after all of that, they arrested him and they had him killed. They knew he predicted his resurrection. Yet, even though it happened, instead of saying, I think we should rethink this. Maybe we were wrong. Instead, they chose to pay a huge bribe. And guess where that money would have come from? It would have been stolen from the temple treasury. All right, you've been waiting, I think it's 81 sermons to get to the last one from the Gospel of Mark. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. Just as he promised, Jesus rose from the dead. And Mark wraps up his book with three strains of powerful evidence of the resurrection. Number one, the tomb is empty. Number two, an angel announced it. And number three, the, the women were astonished. At last, Mark chapter 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might come and, anointed, uh, and anoint him. These dear women waited, just as the law required, until after sundown on Saturday. Then they went and bought spices. They, they loved Jesus to the point of that kind of sacrificial sacrifice. Uh, but realize, they didn't come to witness or verify the resurrection. They didn't yet believe in a resurrection. They bought spices to come and anoint a dead body. They were going to finish what they considered the unfinished job of taking care of the body of Jesus. It was the normal burial custom for a loved one. It was likely a sleepless Saturday night for them, probably Friday night as well. Now again, when you, when you harmonize all four Gospels, we know that there were more than these two women named Mary. We know they started out at different times. Some of them, starting out while it was still dark, came from different places in the city. We know that they all got there about the same time, just as the sun rose. As they were heading to the tomb, they wondered about a problem they knew was going to face them. Because remember, they had watched the burial. And they'd watched these men roll this huge flat stone over the, over the entrance to the tomb. And they wondered how they were going to get that stone moved. So look at verses 2 and 3. Very early on the first day of the week, 
We call it Sunday. They didn't have names for their days of the week. It was just first day of the week. They had the Sabbath, which was the seventh. That was their big day of Jewish worship. And now forevermore it is for God's people the first day of the week because of the resurrection. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Oh, what a surprise they got when they arrived. Look at verse 4. Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. As I mentioned a minute ago, it was completely removed from the entrance to the tomb. And now that angel with an appearance like lightning, he's nowhere to be seen. By the way, realize that the stone was removed for a very important reason. It wasn't because Jesus might suffocate in there. He was already dead. It wasn't because he needed a way out. If you can rise from the dead, you can, you can get out from behind a big rock. It was removed to allow witnesses to enter and see that Jesus wasn't there. Mark's first line of evidence for the resurrection of, of Jesus is the first two groups who found the empty tomb. The first group was the soldiers. They were guarding it. They were knocked unconscious. They woke up, and he's gone. Second group was the first responder women who came at sunrise. Do you realize no one has ever refuted the fact of the empty tomb? Read in the book of Acts, in the, in the early preaching of Peter and the others, they consistently referred to the resurrection. They consistently referred to the empty tomb, and they said it's a fact to which we are all witnesses. All anybody would have ever needed to do to shut up those early proclaimers of the risen Christ was just produce the dead body of Jesus or find the, the right tomb where he was laid. There is the theory that the women went to the wrong tomb, and that's a silly one. Forever the testimony stands, the tomb is empty. That's true of Jesus. That's not true of anyone else, not the leader of any other religion anywhere. So we see that the tomb is empty. Verses 5 through 7, an angel announced the resurrection. This is Mark's second line of evidence. It's the announcement of the angel, verse 5. Entering the tomb, that's why the stone had to be removed so they could get in, Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. Now, tombs like this um, have been found in many places in Israel. There's the famous garden tomb that if you go and tour Jerusalem, you'll almost certainly be taken to the garden tomb. A tomb like this, probably not the one, but it's a great visual aid. They have that center chamber where a person or two or three can, can stand, and then the niches where the bodies are laid. And like I said, when it's only the bones, they take them away and put them in an ossuary and, and, and bury them. Well, by the time the women come in, apparently the angel has um, gone to the settings button, and he's turned down the brightness control 
on his appearance after the miraculous earthquake and sending the soldiers into their coma. He's still amazing, but at this time, he, he doesn't appear like lightning. Now, Luke tells us there were two angels in the, tomb, in the tomb. Matthew and Mark focus on just one. That's not a contradiction. Only one of them spoke. So that doesn't, uh, just because there was one sitting at the right doesn't mean there wasn't another one sitting at the left. No contradiction there. Verse 6, and he said to them, do not be amazed, for you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. Now, one of those explanations by skeptics who try to dismiss the record of the resurrection, they say that, this is one of many theories, but that the women got confused, they went to the wrong tomb. Well, that's completely absurd. Even if it was true that the women who first went there got the wrong tomb, somebody would have found the right one. Um, We have here, though, the testimony of an angel sent from God about who it was who was in that tomb. Look, see this place where he was laid. And he announced that he rose from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is right at the center of Christian faith. And by the way, It's the only plausible explanation for the empty tomb. Even the the Jewish leaders who did not deny the reality of the empty tomb, but they they concocted that story about the disciples stealing Jesus' body, like we read in, in Matthew 28, they couldn't come up with anything better than that. The idea that the fearful, scattered, doubting, intimidated disciples, grief-stricken, that they had come and overpowered the Roman soldiers and stole Jesus' body is absurd? Well, we're not told that they overpowered them. The soldiers said they did it while they were asleep. Hey, how does a troop of soldiers do on staying awake when they're on guard? That's a pretty big deal. That's even more preposterous. Surely, if the soldiers were sleeping, when these disciples came, they moved that gigantic stone, they would have awakened at least one soldier. And by the way, it's rather obvious. Do you realize that the soldiers came and described exactly what happened while they were unconscious? There's a problem with that. You don't know what happens around you when you're asleep. Well, the message from the angel was pretty simple. Verse 7, he says, see, here's where he was laid. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, it's a special little touch that he described this, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Remember, Peter was Mark's friend, and Peter was probably Mark's source for the material in this gospel. And Peter had a a very special relationship with Jesus. He was the closest one of the inner three to the Lord. Peter's fall was 
spectacular when he denied the Lord the night of his betrayal and trial. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.